and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about self-confidence. I remember the first time that I heard someone talk about the difference between confidence and self-confidence. This was a group session in the first coaching experience I had, and it struck me pretty hard. Confidence comes from knowing that you can do something because you've done it before. Self-confidence, however, doesn't require that you've done something before. Instead, self-confidence is about knowing that you can handle it because you've handled challenges before, and regardless of the outcome, you trust yourself. It's interesting to consider this in the context of our training as physicians. Before you showed up for class on the first day of medical school, you were probably confident that you had done well in school before, but you may not have been self-confident because you may never have navigated the challenge of failure before. You may have wrestled with some big fears about what it would mean if you didn't graduate or if you failed a class or you had to repeat a year. And of course, yes, you have experienced failure before, right? You fell down a million times when you were learning how to walk, or maybe you didn't make the JV team or you didn't get the lead role in the play. But as high achievers, you may have gotten to that point in your life without major setbacks and therefore failing at something that big might have seemed potentially devastating to you. Maybe worried you worried that your life would be over, that kind of thing. And since high achievers have often developed the habit of perfectionism and harsh self-talk, there's a good chance that your self-confidence, the faith that you would be okay no matter what, because you would be there for yourself, is low and perhaps suffered as a result of training. Our human brains serve us many, many automatic thoughts for our own self-preservation. Fear, worry, and doubt are normal functions of our primitive brains that are offered up to us when we consider making a change or taking a risk. During early human history, we needed this to be safe. We shouldn't tease the saber-toothed tiger if we wanted to stay alive, right? But now, our brains often are sending us these messages of fear, worry, and doubt all day. And it doesn't usually serve to keep us alive. It often serves to keep us quiet, small, and suffering in silence. Don't try for that promotion. You don't know how to do it. Every time you try to eat healthier, you fail. So let's just keep eating this way. If you write very long, detailed notes in the chart, people will know that you're a good doctor. Does any of that sound familiar? Our training as physicians made our fear, worry, and doubt messages even stronger. We learned to ignore our bodies, hunger, fatigue, emotional reactions to human suffering and injury, and to fear failure and humiliation above all else. Remember those rounds when you didn't want to be caught not being able to answer the questions? Hmm? Wherever we started on our balances of confidence versus self-confidence, Many of us paid more attention to growth in our achievements and comparing ourselves to others' performances than we did to cultivating trust in ourselves and failure tolerance. 
For many of us, this played out as donating time to our employers, writing intricately detailed notes, volunteering for extra work to feel valued, people-pleasing, and ultimately failing to develop skills in being accountable to ourselves. As we made ourselves more accountable, more responsible for the health of our patients, our ability to care for ourselves often suffered, leaving us emotionally numb or depleted. And we may have even started turning to food or alcohol or social media or overworking to avoid negative feelings, ultimately struggling with the notion that we are never good enough. Perfectionism and the habit of perfectionism are toxic to self-confidence because they put the fear of failure and the fear of shame in the driver's seat. And when fear is driving, you don't get very far. Conversely, when you have more self-confidence, you aren't afraid to try new things because regardless of the outcome, you trust that you'll be okay. That doesn't mean that you have no fear. Fear is still present, but it's no longer driving. It's in the back seat, coming along for the ride. Now, if you're in an arguing mode, you might start trying to poke holes in this idea, especially because as physicians, we encounter the consequences of people perhaps not having enough fear and having terrible injuries as a result. Slow down here. I'm going to tell you, you know too much. I'm not talking about the kind of fear that happens, justifiably so, when you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you're being careful not to fall off. Self-confidence that you'll be okay, even if you fall, is not helpful there. What I am talking about is the fears that keep you from asking for a raise, seeking a promotion, starting your own business, dating, or trying to make new friends as a grown-up. None of those things is dangerous. And yet, many of the physicians I talk to struggle with these things because they're afraid, deeply afraid to put themselves out there as though their safety is on the line. The idea of failing, of being turned down when you ask someone to meet you for coffee or not getting the job that you want stops us from taking action. It sounds silly, and yet I see this over and over again. So what's going on? First off, the increased visibility of everything is a problem for all of us. We've got social media projecting images of perfect lives coupled with frequent scoring of our work in the form of quality metrics, patient satisfaction, and Google reviews. It's no wonder that anxiety rates have been soaring as we all compare and judge ourselves and others constantly. And since we don't control what gets put out into the ethos, many people are trying to stay under the radar, worried about negative feedback and unwanted attention, whether it comes from a legitimate source or not. And I'll note that people who leave scathing reviews are having a bad day, and it rarely started with you. But since our emotions drive our actions, someone having a bad day is more inclined to make it about you and leave you a public nastygram. The challenge here is not to get hooked by this. If you need a little help on this, I did an episode on this previously called Dealing with Negative Feedback, and you'll find the link in the show notes below. Sadly, when fear of negative feedback is holding us back from trying for something, it also is likely holding us back from being recognized for the awesome work that we are doing and from growing our own capacity. We become more withdrawn, afraid to exist, and afraid to be noticed. This is not benign. 
Humans need connection. But when you are in the space of being surrounded by humans, day in and day out, but withdrawn and disconnected, this is actually harmful to us. It's a poison accumulating slowly. And that leads me to problem number two, staying stuck. Many of us have worked our way up the ladder, imagining that once we achieved our goals and became physicians, that life would get easier. But when we achieve anything, we might feel happy and relaxed for a bit. But once the shine wears off, we encounter new challenges, some internal, some external. This is called the arrival fallacy. External challenges come in the form of greater expectations for our performance and advancement. Internal challenges include developing better tolerance for navigating stressors and complications and distractions and adjusting from the relative sprint pace of training into the marathon pace of practice. And because no path in life is without bad outcomes or challenges, we run into problems like all the other humans. And without the self-confidence to navigate bad outcomes, including failures, people start cutting back, withdrawing socially and professionally, narrowing their scope to prevent further failure, even if the outcome was not their fault. Shame and fear are running the show. And without a habit of self-compassion and reaching out for support, we can suffer tremendously alone. Finally, when we go through our lives this way, making our lives smaller, hiding difficult experiences and failures, not reaching out for help, not navigating through the difficult emotions, not only do future experiences have the potential to compound this experience, our judgment of others in similar circumstances often increases. Rather than reaching out to support others in pain, we may expect that they should experience the same heartbreak we did. If they're coming through it more easily with more self-confidence and self-compassion, we may think they're blowing off the outcome, but they don't care. We likely won't reach out and offer our support either if we do see them suffering, because that may lead us to admit our own experiences with failure. And shame and fear do not like to be named. They do not like to be discussed. They are good at silencing us and further reinforcing the lack of connection. It doesn't have to be this way. Shame and fear are difficult emotions to navigate, but they're also normal to the human experience, including ours. When we choose to recognize their presence, saying something to yourself like, I'm feeling shame right now, and to get curious about where it comes from, such as, I think I'm thinking that I should never make mistakes. I think that my patients should never have bad outcomes. I think this is my fault. Thoughts like that. When we get curious about what those thoughts are, we learn that shame is not fatal. It just sucks to feel it. But when we recognize we are in shame, Brene Brown teaches us that to reach out to someone we trust and talk about it is part of the healing process. Let that person know that you don't need them to fix it. We're just in it right now. We're experiencing shame and it hurts. And can they just listen and support us? This process, naming the difficult emotion, getting curious about it, and reaching out to someone teaches our body and our brain that we can handle tough emotions, building our self-confidence. It teaches us that we've got our own back, even in difficult situations. These are learnable skills, but they're not ones that we were taught in medical school. Imagine what happens in your life if you know 
that you can handle difficult circumstances. Rather than moving through life, avoiding all risk, avoiding situations where you might fail, choosing to stay small. If you had self-confidence, what would you do? For many, this feels like a big what if, because it can feel far away. But imagine that you try for that a promotion, that you aren't afraid to endorse yourself for the role, because you know that even if you don't get it, you're going to be fine. You aren't afraid to tell someone that you'd like to get to know them better, because if you get rejected, it isn't the end of the world. It's an uncomfortable emotion that you can handle. Who knows? You may even decide to open up your own business, be it a clinic or a side hustle. Start working for yourself. When you're not afraid to fail, you can embrace challenges that help you to grow. Self-confidence doesn't mean that you always succeed or that you always know exactly what to do. It's about trusting yourself to figure it out, to navigate challenges, and to know that you have your own back. You're not going to dissolve into a puddle of self-hatred and shame, and you shouldn't have done that. You're going to be kind to yourself. It doesn't prevent us from having difficult emotions, but it inherently requires that we trust our ability to recognize our emotions and process them rather than being a victim of them. And rebuilding trust in ourselves is invaluable. It's literally the skill that can take you places that you want to go. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you have found this helpful and I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye for now. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.